that uh, have very little to do with my sermon. Uh, but I want to listen. I want, to, I want you to listen to me very carefully. I've got uh, years of history with God. And I've had the privilege of being a part of two or three powerful moves of God as well as some of you. So listen to what I'm going to say. I feel God at work. I feel His presence in the services. number of people come to me Sunday. Even tonight, I feel God at work. Don't know if I mentioned Ron Hamilton uh, informed me they had the largest new converts class ever in the history of this church. 45 people in new converts class. But listen to what I'm going to say, uh, everyone, you in the back, ushers, find your seat, quit talking, or I'm going to call you out. Uh, and so uh, let, me, let me say a word to you. When God begins to move, any flaw, any deficit, any weakness that you have will be exploited if possible. Listen to what I'm saying. This is true personally. This is true of a congregation. I've seen this over here. When God begins to move, um, men and women's egos get involved. That's one of the problems. Any flaw, any weakness, any area you're vulnerable to sin will now be exploited in full flame and force. You need to be aware of that. Don't let the devil and the demonic get in your head, uh, in your ego, uh, causing conflict. Pray against strife and discord, jealousy and envy, and evil speaking. I'm wanting to preach on evil speaking. Uh, this is normally where the demonic will begin to work. And so you have to be aware of that. You have to be aware of that. Any flaw in your marriage, in your character, emotionally, any arena now becomes uh, inflamed uh, where you're weak. Lust, and the list goes on and on. Anger, jealousy, the list goes on and on. So just be aware of that. And I want to thank all of those who've been praying and fasting. This is why when God begins to move, we need to pray and fast. So 1 Chronicles this evening, 4, verse 9 and 10. Why is this man even in the Bible? We're about to read two verses about his life. Why did God even insert this little snapshot, two verses? This man's record is interesting to me because it's not for what he did but it's for what he prayed. His story is not like Moses and David. They light up the Bible with miracles and great exploits for God, great victories, but not this man. The first three chapters of First Chronicles are very boring. I doubt if anyone here, that was your Bible reading this morning. 
It's about they begot, begot, begat, and this one begat that one, and that one begot that one, and this family, and the descendants. And, and then right in the middle, God drops these two verses. And then he goes right back, chapters 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. And they begot this one, and that one, and this one, and that one, and this family, and that family, and on and on it goes. Um, so again, why did God pause and say, you have to know something about this man that's different than all of these begats and begots? I have to stop right here and tell you something that's so important because this man, it's more than just a name among many names. And God says, I want to record his prayer. Will you listen to his prayer? What would we hear if we listened to your prayer? If God, and God does evidently, record your prayer, what would be recorded? Would it be silence? Would it be days of silence? I want to minister this evening on the prayer. Second Corinthians 4 is very a book written about it, oh, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, but 1 Chronicles 4, verse 9. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And then God recalls and records his prayer. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory that you, your hand would be on me or with me, that you would keep me from evil and let me not cause pain. And then these powerful words, so God granted him what he requested. What are you requesting of God? I want to minister this evening on the prayer. Father, we come by the blood. God, I pray, stir us, God, uh, to be a people of prayer and fasting. God, I pray, break into this assembly of believers. God, I cast down demonic strategies, demonic wiles of that would interrupt, God, what you would do. God, I pray, raise up a people who know how to make requests before the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. The prayer. Here's a man born in pain, but delivered by a prayer. His mother called his name Jabez because I bore him in pain. Now, there's different thoughts, ideas, statements, explanations 
of why she said this. Some scholars assume that he was born illegitimate. There's no father's name. There's no mention of any father. Others, that he was an unwanted child. Too many it records he has brothers. Too many mouths to feed. I can't handle another child. My hands are, I'm wore out already. I can't believe another baby. It's not a good time. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. Then there's the thought of hard labor. Maybe hours and hours. Those days, no hospital, no meds, no escape. I remember Connie. She's got my hand in a vice grip. And she's trying to have a baby. And she's had a, just take the baby, just take the baby, just take the and, and maybe, maybe that was Jabez's mother. And uh, it was all natural. But for whatever reason, he has a name. What am I going to name this boy? Jabez, the one who brings pain. The one who has caused so much pain. Every time I look at him, all I see and feel is pain. I don't feel joy. I don't feel proud. I don't feel hope and expectation about his future. When I think about him, all I remember is the pain he caused me. Again, he's a newborn. He got the name Jabez before he's made any decisions. He has no personal history. He might have been just a couple of days old. My point is, I don't believe he's intentionally caused pain. It's not like he set out in the womb to cause his mother pain as much as possible. It's not like he wanted to hurt her or anyone. He got his name before his life was even lived. Is that you? Bible days, your names... Your name was much more than just an address or a way to call you. But your name spoke of who you were. Your name was related to what your parents thought about you. Your name many times described character. This is why and I preached about the name changes a few weeks ago. Proverbs 22.1, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. Ecclesiastes 7.1, a good name is better than precious ointment. In other words, the translation, a good name was of more value than any bank account. A good name was more precious than any kind of assembled wealth. Any material 
substance, a good name. See, in those days, uh, there was no legal papers, so to speak, no business contracts. Every business contract, everything in life that had anything to do with men and women in, in some kind of contract or agreement, it was made on your name. My grandfather, Pat Campbell, had a construction company, and I remember hearing him tell stories built highways, built the old, old highway from Creel Springs to Marion. He moved houses, etc. And he would do this on a handshake. It was based on your name. Were you a man of your word? Were you honest? Would you want to do business with a man whose name says, I'm going to cause you pain? <laughs> would you want to marry a man whose name says, I'm going to cause you pain, dear? Would you want him to be the best man at your wedding? He'll cause you pain. Too many times our families label us and put a name on us, they don't ask our approval. And many times that name is attached before we've even really done anything to deserve the name. Before we've made decisions and character behavior, your attitude, Mike White's mother, many of you know Pastor Mike White and Marie, and a number of years ago when we first got into India, when Oscar and Linda went in, and of course Dan was right after that, Dan and Monica, he said, I can, I can get a worker in India. He said, I, I want to create a company. He already had a cable company. He said, I'm going to create a company. I'm going to name it Campbell White. And he said, Pastor Campbell, you and I will 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 or orchestrate this company, and that's how we got in the first workers. But it's interesting, Mike White's mother, they're from Scotland. Uh, she's deceased now, but she lived in Scotland. And when he told his mother, yeah, I've created this company called Campbell White, she said, son, do you think you can trust the Campbells? Now, you, you, if you got Scottish history, you, you understand what she's talking about. They were a powerful Scottish clan. And they were treacherous. The name Campbell mean, began to mean the crooked mouth clan. And what they did, they went into battle with the McDonald's, and the McDonald's upset them, and they were supposed to be allies, and they turned and slaughtered the McDonald's. And so here, I mean, this was in the 1800s or 1700s, I don't know. Here his mother still because of my name. Son, do you think you can trust the Campbells? You've heard that. Stay away from that family. Have you been tapped and tagged with a name that's nothing like you or who you want to be? Look at this man 
who God has a record of what he names him. The very first words mentioned about him, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called him. But God said, I've got something to say about this man. What God calls you overshadows and supersedes what people call you. Said Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Does that sound like someone who's always causing pain, problems, always in a mess, stirring things up? What name has God given you? What name do you want God to call and identify you by? This word more honorable, something worthy, someone worthy of respect, honest, fair, one who is appreciated greatly. He's honorable, but more than honorable. He carries a lot of weight. A person who is well shaped and fashioned by God, for God, respectable, a man who can carry a load. 1964, October, I got out of the military and I received an honorable discharge from the Navy. And basically what it was, it said that I served well had to do with performance and personal conduct. I was faithful in service. Paul writes to Timothy, a young pastor, 2 Timothy 2, 20 and 21, but in a great house there's not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay. But he said, some are for honor and some dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he'll be a vessel for honor fit for the master's use. Designed that the master can use you because you're honorable. Yes, Cleansed. God said Jabez's mother may have named him the one who caused me pain. But I have another name for him. More honorable. Not just honorable. But way beyond, not just mediocre, honorable, but exalted and excelled honor. God took me from the one who caused pain to way beyond mediocre, way beyond to excel to the place of more honorable. God brought me to a place no one ever expected me to be. Listen, God will take you to places that you never imagined you would be. God will cause you to become someone the family never had a clue, never expected. They never saw it coming. Uh, it's like David uh, God says, Samuel, I want you to go to the house of Jesse. I have a king waiting there. I want you to pour the oil on him. He goes to the house of Jesse and here are all the brothers. He 
David's father didn't even call David. In his mind, he doesn't qualify. And yet something very powerful happens. God says, these are not the ones. I want you to find one more. And he went and found David. Why is Jabez even in the book? Listen, this man is in the book because of one reason, his prayer. Think about that. Verse 10, Jabez called on God, the God of Israel, saying, Think of all the things this man could have done. Think of how the different paths he could have taken. Think of how he could have become bitter and angry. All the different ways he could have spent his time. All the things he could have given himself to. And yet he chose to pray. He called on the God of Israel. Is that you? Is that you? Of all the options in life, all of the places you can spend your time, all of the things you can give yourself to, do you call on God? He's in the Bible because of a prayer he prayed. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. James 4, 2, you do not have because you do not ask. Matthew 7, 9, or what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Verse 11, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Father who is in heaven will give good things to those who ask Him. He asks God. What are you asking God? What are you asking God? said those who ask everyone who ask because you do not ask you ask for bread you ask for fish God will give good things to those who ask those who ask receive 
Is what you're asking for worthy of God's power? What do you ask for? You have not because you, you don't ask. What are you asking? Listen to the prayer. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. This was the first and foremost. It all begins here. He asked, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Proverbs 10, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. The blessing of the Lord is our greatest wealth and asset. A life God blesses is filled with miracles. There is no greater resource in all of life available to you than God's blessing. If God would bless, who can curse? Romans 8, 31, if God be for us, who can be against us? He said, oh God, I, would you bless me? Is that you? Is that your prayer? You've heard me say, I've prayed for years, God, make me a blessing. God, make me a blessing to my family. Make me a blessing to Connie. Make me a blessing to this congregation. Make me a blessing to the nations. Make me a blessing to my brother. And God, wherever I go, I don't care if I'm preaching to 10 people or 1,000 people, God, make me a blessing. Listen, it's powerful. Your prayers are powerful. God said you don't have because you don't ask. The nature of God, he delights. You're not asking God. From the very beginning, he created Adam, and even the very first words he said, the Lord blessed them. Then he says, oh, that you would enlarge my territory. I want you to remove the restraints, the limitations. Every one of us have built-in boundaries. We're not talking real estate. Every one of us here have these limitations of, of, of ability or talent or, or knowledge. And uh, in our personality, in our DNA, there's always these resisting limitations. Uh, but he said, God, I want you to enlarge me, enlarge my influence. Enlarge my opportunities. I was born for more than this. Enlarge my vision. Enlarge my faith, my witness, my ministry. God, enlarge me that I may touch lives. Enlarge my burden. Isaiah 54, 2. And I've, I've prayed this prayer in various means over the years. Verse 2 and 3, enlarge the place of your tent. 
Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen the cords. Strengthen your tent stakes. I pray God lengthen our tent stakes into the nations and the cities of the world. You shall expand to the right and the left. Your descendants will inherit the nations. Make the desolate cities inherited. These verses were read over Pastor Mitchell many, many, many years ago as a prophecy. Just a congregation was small and prescient. I think they might have planted one church at that time. God enlarged the place of our habitation. Lengthen the cords, stretch out the tent stakes into the nations. You see, there are no limitations with God. Think of this, from a hot dog stand to these flags. I had the privilege of preaching in that whole old hot dog stand. Some of you, I remember Margie, Mary Jane, George Rose, some of you. I remember, go back to the hot dog stand right over here by the high school. How did that happen from, from a hot dog stand to nations? States, cities, races of people. When God blesses, your life is enlarged. God, may I serve you in longness of life and full of days. And God's not finished. He said that your hand would be with me. In other words, even in enlargement, I realize I must have your presence personally, your hand personally, present and personal. It's like Peter walking on the water. What an enlargement. How could you ever forget walking on water? I mean, you ever try it? New convert, I tried it. it didn't, I, I didn't walk on water. I sunk. But I mean, think of that. But it began, and he cried, and the Lord reached out his hand. Somewhere he's never been before. An experience he's never had before. That's you and I. God, when he enlarges us, he takes us places we've never been. And we, God, we need you to go with us. I can't maintain this without you. Take me by the hand. God, you have to be real to me. Paul said that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. Think of the scope of this man's prayer. Basically, one verse. God, that you would bless me. God, that you would enlarge me. God, your hand would be upon me. Psalms 46.1, God is our refuge, our strength, our very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Talking about earthquakes and all tidal waves. 
when God touches me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God's hand is present when we've reached our limit. We've gone as far as we can go. We've given everything we got, and it's stuck in God. Your prayer is a statement of your faith. Do you realize your prayer is a statement of what you believe about God? He's not praying something that he doesn't believe. The book of Acts, the early church, this statement over and over, the hand of the Lord was with them. The hand of the Lord was with them. This moved these common people into greatness. They were filled with all the fullness of God. Paul writes in Ephesians 3, 19 and 20, and of the Holy Spirit, be strengthened with might to his spirit in the inner man. In other words, he's praying this prayer. God said, out of all of these chapter, 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 name, name, I want to stop right here. I want you to pause and take a look at this man and what he prayed. He started out handicapped. Maybe that's you. You start out with so many negatives, and yet he prayed. He asked God. He said, you would keep me from evil. Let me not cause pain. Jesus, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from all evil. Matthew 6, 13. You know the greatest way to defeat the roaring lion? The Bible says the devil goes about like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Stay out of the pit. Amen. You know the greatest way to defeat evil is stay away from it. Come on. It, it, lead me not into temptation. God, I'm asking you, keep me from evil. That's the greatest way to defeat. Give no place, the Bible says to the devil. Keep me out of the enemy's backyard. God, keep me in my weariness. When I'm wore out, when I'm susceptible to temptation, when I'm not hitting on all my spiritual cylinders, God, keep me from evil. Think of Eve. You've heard me preach this over the years. If she hadn't have been hanging around that for, what in the world? Adam, what are you guys doing there? I mean, you got a whole garden, acres and acres, no doubt. Why are you there in the presence of the tree of good and evil, which God said, I don't want you to partake of this. That's where the serpent was. That's where the serpent has the advantage. That's where the demonic has the high ground. That's where you and I are. God, lead me not into, I prayed for years, God, lead me not in temptation. Deliver me from evil. God, keep me from going there. Don't, don't keep me out of there. Keep me out of that place. Amen.
Don't let me go there in my feelings, in my emotions, in my head. Don't let me run to those places that has been my history where I'm disadvantaged. I can't resist. I, I'm no competition for the demonic in that arena. God, keep me from there. The place where I would cause pain to others and myself. Jesus, watch and pray. At least you enter into temptation. God, keep me from evil. Let me not cause pain. God, God you can keep me. I don't, I don't have to be what they said I was going to be. That doesn't have to be my resume, the one who causes pain. God, you can, I can pray a prayer and change and erase my history. That is so powerful to me. And the Bible says, so God granted him what he requested. Think of that. The scope of this prayer. And God said, I granted all of it. Praise him. I granted what he requested. God says, okay, I can do that. The Bible records nothing about this man but his prayer. I'm amazed people say I'm a Christian, yet you hardly ever pray. I love Jesus, but you never have time to talk to him. Don't tell me you love somebody and you don't ever talk to him. You want to be in the ministry. Listen, listen, listen. Can I be honest with you? If you think you can minister effectively without prayer, you're beyond lame. <laughs> I could say the S word, stupid. Uh, you you got to pray. You'll never rise above your prayer life. You can be talented. You can run on talent. You can be gifted. Thank God. You can have personality. Praise the Lord. God's blessed you. But listen, listen. You have to pray. You want ministry? And I never see you praying. And it's not that I have to. But I wonder if I never see you praying here, do you pray anywhere? I'm just asking. I've had people in my office I mean their whole life's blowing up and I simply say because I haven't seen them praying in months I say have you prayed have you prayed about this <clears throat> have you have you prayed and fasted about <laughs> I want to preach. Oh, you do? Oh, really? 
Was you in the prayer room last night, prayer and fasting? I want to pray. Really? Really? It's like saying, I, I want to be in the NBA. You don't even know what a basketball is. <clears throat> you think a golf ball is a basketball. I want to be in the NBA. Come on. Without prayer? Are you serious? Listen, you, you got some head issues. I'm, I'm just being real with you for a few moments. Do you pray? I'm serious. Do you pray? See, everyone here can pray. But do you? Do you pray at home? Do you pray over your house? Do you pray over your children? Do you pray over yourself? Do you pray for other people? God says, listen, I want you to, I want you to, I want to show you something right here. I want to show you something. Doesn't say this man had anything going for him other than he caused pain. And yet he prayed. And God said, I can, I can do that. What will you be in the book for? What will you be in the book for? Book's still being written, you know. Book of Acts still being written. All be written by your name. Think of this. I close, repeat myself. From the one who caused pain to more honorable because he prayed. That could be you. That is some of you. The prayer. The prayer. Do you have time for everything but prayer? You saturate yourself with social media and never talk to him? How would you feel if your spouse, well, I love you, honey, but they never haven't talked to me since 1967. <laughs> would you believe it's true? Something about prayer that'll spare you when you can't spare yourself. Some about prayer that'll protect you when you can't protect yourself. Some about prayer that'll deliver you when you're entangled and you can't deliver yourself. I ask you to bow your head with me. Tonight in this place, it's staggering that one prayer can change your whole world. One prayer can change your whole world. Think about that.
There's many, many people here this evening, they prayed a prayer that reversed their footsteps. God began to write new chapters, a new destiny, and a new world because they prayed a prayer. God, I'm, I've sinned. I'm not right, God. I'm not right with you. I'm unsaved. I'm backslidden. They prayed a prayer, and you can pray that prayer tonight. That's why I'm pausing right here to give you an opportunity to pray a prayer from your heart, a simple prayer. Lord, it's me. It's me. I'm messed up. I'm unsaved. I'm not living clean. I'm not living right. I need forgiveness. I need to know you. My sin separates me from you. I want to come home. Got to take care of the sin problem. The prodigal son came home. Father, I have sinned before God and before you. That's how he came home. You're here this evening. You'd say, Pastor, I need to pray that prayer. You'd lift your hand right now. Just slip it up, slip it up. I see your hand. God bless you, dear. Who else? You'd lift your hand. How many more? How many more? You'd lift your hand that I could see it. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? That's me. That's me. That's me. I'm not right with God. I'm not right with God. Backslider, unsaved, lost. Anyone else? Anyone else? You lifted your hand. Would you come, dear? Someone's going to pray with you. It's someone to come and pray with her. Rest of you, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And I ask you, what's your prayer that God's recording? I want to open these altars. I'm going to come and talk to God. Were you in the prayer room last night, yesterday? You pray at home. Do your children, if I asked your children, is mom and daddy, do they pray? What would they say? Do they see you pray? Do they hear you pray? Do they sit beside you in the prayer room? God does. God does. You're at your seat. You may be seated. Let's pray, church. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Oh, Ramashanda Lava Reboshika. Oh, Remoshiba Lava Reboshika. And he gave him his request. Oh, God, he gave Ramashaya. Oh, Ramamama. Let's give him praise. say two or three things to you. Um, my wife, Connie, um, I wasn't saved. I was, I didn't, I had no interest in getting saved. I had no thoughts that I can remember about God. 
I had no desire to be saved or go to church, but she began to pray. Uh, she'd go to church. I don't know if it was every night. Seems like it was at midnight. Her and maybe two, three, four other women and pray for me. I believe one of the reasons I'm here today is because she prayed for me. Prayed for me. Wasn't easy. Kids, family, I'm crazy. And at midnight, How many want to preach? Let me see your hand. How many men want to preach? Listen, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Don't even think about it if you don't pray. I'm, I'm telling you, don't, don't even, don't come to me at conference and I want to have cake. No, don't do it. I'll tell you why. The moment you step behind this pulpit, you become a target. I'm just being honest with you. You will become a prime target. The Bible says if you can smite the shepherd, the sheep are scattered. And I've seen that. Some of you have been around a while. You've seen that. Sheep backslide, run away, and do great because a shepherd has been smited. And so don't, somewhere that needs to be a part of your theology. If you're going to do anything for God, a ministry, you begin to move in ministry, you got to pray. You got to pray. Uh, Connie and I, I was born in prayer. Before I even knew how, I didn't know anything about praying. I'm laying in the basement of a church on my nose, on the concrete floor, praying. Thing exploded. thing I want to say is, listen, I repeat myself again, when God begins to move, and I feel God moving, I can hear the sound in the mulberry bushes. David said, I hear the sound of God. I hear the wind of God. I can hear. I can, I got, I'm getting just a, just a breeze. But listen, when God begins to move, you better pray. Church has to pray or you'll miss it. There'll be division. Any anything, listen to any any weaknesses. This is why if you hear people, things be well, connect the dots. When God begins to move, he'll detonate any flaws, any vulnerable areas, any weaknesses. It can be physically, it can be relationally, it can be spiritually, it can be mentally. Uh, many times, though, it's relationally. That's why I'm asking you to pray with me. I cast down, praying, casting down arguments, high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Pray against strife and discord, jealousy and envy, and evil speaking. I'm asking you to pray. Pray when you pray. I cast down the demon spirit of strife and discord, jealousy and envy, and I bring the blood against evil speaking. Let me pray that prayer. Good to see you tonight. I, you made it back. Glory to God. Huh? <laughs> I'm